1: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Of course, we are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, it was an interesting uh, post-mortem today as Kevin Stefanski and a number of the players spoke after yesterday's loss. Uh, that was not a lot of fun to the Buffalo Bills there were a lot of questions that came out yesterday a lot of fans uh, I know on our show were pointing the finger at Joe Woods they're pointing the finger at Kevin Stefanski they're wondering you know what's going on with his team has he lost the locker room I mean all of those questions that I think fans were thinking during the game yesterday or two days ago now um, are coming to the forefront right now And and your thoughts it was a yeah, I, I thought the beat reporters asked every right question and they got very little answers from Kevin Stefanski.
2: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We asked the questions, we got no answers from Kevin Stefanski. So <laughs> Kevin Stefanski goes from, he morphs from Sergeant Schultz to Frank Drebin.
0: <laughs> I know
2: nothing to, nothing to see here, please disperse. And <laughs> I mean, that, right? With a little, yeah, little
1: yeah, and if you missed any of it here, we got a couple of cuts for you. So let's start with this one. He was asked directly if it's time to make some staff changes.
2: All righty. Well, cue that bad boy up. All right, here we go. Is he going to consider go. a staff change in season? Now, I'm going to say yes. No. Here you go. Let's
1: see. My focus is on us getting better. My focus is on us getting a win versus Tampa, playing good offense, playing good defense, playing good special teams. That's where my focus is.
2: So let me put that in the Kevin Stefanski, Sergeant Schultz, slash Frank Drebin translator and that's a no. Negative, Ghost Rider. We're going to keep doing the same crappity crap we've been doing all season, so no.
1: Daryl, you think he's got pressure coming uh, from inside the building or the inside the building? They're just like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Deshaun's coming back in two weeks, and this all really isn't going to matter if Deshaun can win.
2: All right, let's find out. So, Kev, how are those conversations with Jimmy and D and JW like these days?
1: Focus on, on this week. We meet every week with ownership. They're here every day. So great conversations throughout the day. So we're all frustrated. I get that part of it. But again, focus is on this week and what we can do this week to go one and all. I got to tell you, my favorite question at the press conference was asked by, let me check, Daryl Ryder about Paul D. Podesta <laughs> and what his role is in what's going on yeah. with the Browns yeah. offense. Well, first of all, take me behind the scenes on the question. Why did you ask it? And then we'll talk about the answer.
2: Well, I mean, I, I did go on that little tangent in the post game pod about, you know, how they have all these smart people in the building trying to have an intellectual advantage uh, on game days. So I just kind of want to know what the hell Paul De Podesta does these days. You know what I mean? Like, he's making a crap ton of money and the team sucks. And like, The game plans don't look all that great, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive game plans, well, at least for the first 15 plays, they look pretty good. Then it goes to hell after that. So, um, I mean, that's it was just a very diplomatic way of asking, you know, just what the hell does Paul D. Podesta do these days? Um, Because, you know, having a chief strategy officer, which, by the way, the Browns, I think, are the only team that employs somebody with that title. Now, every team has an analytics department or a data department, whatever term you want to use for that. And I right. want to be clear, I'm not poo-pooing analytics. I'm not poo-pooing data, okay? I'm all – look, you're, you're talking to a guy uh, when uh, he played in high school would take any hit-by-pitch and any walk he could get just to get on base. So he That's because you're a second. team
1: player. That's why. Well,
2: no, no. I, I needed every intellectual advantage I, 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 I could <laughs> get because I couldn't hit with bleep. So the only way I was getting on base is if my ass got hit or I drew a walk. Uh, so, um, you know, so I'm all about having, you know, advantages and being smart, uh, uh, you know, trying to outsmart the competition. The problem is right now, I just I don't feel like the Browns outsmart anybody. And I, I go back to some of the comments that were made by uh, I think it was Miles Garrett. Uh, I, I, to be fair to Miles, I don't want to play. I think it was him. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. But it, it, you know, he someone talked about after that Dolphin game how it felt like the Dolphins were a step or two ahead of them all the time. Yeah. Every time they'd make an adjustment, the Dolphins were ahead of it and ready for it and able to kind of uh, shut it down. So that so that that was really like the the reason I asked the question because it's like, well, you know, uh, you win eleven games your first year in the middle of a pandemic where you had every excuse in the world for it to be a complete unmitigated disaster you've won 11 games since that year uh over two and a half seasons now uh the team is terrible they're playing like they used to play long before you got here and so it's like all right well where are all these advantages you guys are supposed to have and 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 that so um it wasn't meant to be snippy or snide or sarcastic or anything like that i I, it's why I led the notebook off with it today that that, uh, I wrote for the website, because it's like, you know, Paul DePodesta is kind of a a, a big piece to the pie when they brought in uh, Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski and gave them five-year contracts each. They also extended DePodesta five years so that he was in, he's in line with these guys. And quite frankly, if you fire Kevin Stefanski, um, yeah, I think you have to fire Paul DePodesta too. Like, I think you just have to move on. You just have to turn the page. Yeah, I, on. You're
1: not the first person to say that, you know, that's, that's a philosophical change, right? And well, he's well, the one that wanted Stefanski here in the first place.
2: And, and, and the win percentage since he's been here has been absolutely crapola. And even if I take away the one in 31, all right, it's still crapola. Okay. They've had one winning season with him here. They have one playoff victory with him here. You know, the expectation was one in 31 would equal sustained success. Well, they're back in the crapper again. They, they, they have sustained losing again. Now, maybe Deshaun Watson's able to come back and change that next year. But this year, this season shot with all due respect to, and, and, and again, I, I've become a real big David Njoku fan. I'm not afraid to say it. I, I wasn't a big fan of his early in his career. I was real tough on him. I didn't like the kid's work ethic. I I, I I thought he spent too much time preening for cameras and dancing in practice and all that instead of fine tuning his craft. Well, the last three seasons, Najoku is one of the hardest working players on this team. And so I have tremendous respect for the guy. He he has earned my respect and my admiration. So now I, I'm a really big David Najoku fan. I don't understand what the guy has to do to get a potential t- touchdown pass thrown to him in the end zone. You know that I, I I didn't know that Farrell Brown all of a sudden was a big red zone threat for the Cleveland Browns, and he's getting he's getting these red zone targets and dropping them, and Najoku's not getting them right. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that that's kind of why I went down the the deep Podesta rabbit hole because a I went after it in the post game pod, and I thought it was important that I since because I got after it in the post game pod that I today, uh, in addition to go at, going after Joe Woods in the zoom call, uh, get, you know, getting on the D Podesta thing, I thought was important to, uh, to get Stefanski on the record. And Stefanski said, yeah, Paul's big help during the week, whatever that means.
1: Well, I gotta tell you that we had a couple of calls from listeners today who were like, why is Paul D Podesta working on the game plan during the week? Isn't his job just to hand information to say, you know, it's probably more logical or more, uh, more advantageous to run this sort of play or to do this on fourth down or to do that, or that to be an advisor, not so much a uh, play caller. And like the fans that were listening to oh, man, Kevin, when he said that today, they thought that like Kevin's calling the plays, yeah, I'm sorry well, that Paul's calling the plays.
2: Yeah. And I think that's a little overboard now.
1: I agree with you. I don't think that I, in the moment, Paul D Podesta is not calling the plays
2: a hundred percent. And here's the thing. He is the chief strategy officer. So I could see him saying, Hey, uh, you know, uh and one to go situations, Jacoby Brissett is 98 point, whatever, you know, whatever that percentage is, right? So you probably should go ahead right. and call QB sneaks there. You're gonna get the first down, you're gonna keep the drive going. That is right. Or um hey, I did notice no that's on, a good example. Right. I, I did notice on uh third and seven you run this play. I've seen it I, I, I've seen it X amount of times you've had this success rate. That's a pretty good bread and butter play for you to use against the defense that you're going up against this week. That because to me, when you say chief strategy officer, that's what that is, right? You're you're bouncing ideas off of the coaching staff of what you think might help them or and, and stuff like that. That doesn't mean that he's dictating anything to Kevin Stefanski in the way of instruction, in the way of play selection, anything. He's he's just saying, hey, you know. This is, as I explained, these are things that I think would work and, you know, there you go and you do with it what you feel is best. So I I just, yeah, Paul DePodesta is not in these meetings, drawing up plays on the whiteboard, and, you know, offensive and defensive schemes and, and stuff like that. That's a little, that's a little overboard from the fan perspective. So got to kind of make that pretty clear. That's not what's happening here.
1: All right, if you like what you're listening to, download the podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland, and, uh, you know, you probably found it on the Odyssey app. Tell your friends about it. We want you to download it, and that way you can get a little bit more on the Browns, and you get a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff. And uh, it's nice to us to have a format that we can kind of expand a little bit beyond what goes on over the air. When we come back, we're going to hear from Denzel Ward, we're going to hear from Miles Garrett, and we're going to hear from David Njoku, plus your mailbag questions straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.